This Gum Bands podcast is made possible by the Buell Foundation, serving southwestern Pennsylvania since 1927, and by listeners like you. Thank you. Yes, welcome to Gum Bands, the WQED Pittsburgh podcast, where we talk with interesting folks from around here about all sorts of subjects. We usually have an audio podcast like this one, but often there's a video version too, which you can find at wqed.org slash gumbands. Take a look. If you like our talks, we encourage you to subscribe to Gumbands wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rick Seaback. Today's guest is Mr. Jared Evans, who founded and runs a business called Radical Trivia that shows up in various venues around town, usually bars with savvy clientele on weeknight evenings. But we also talk about Jared's interest in martial arts, especially jujitsu, and assorted other topics. He's an interesting guy. Let's first talk about, I, I think I met you at a wedding. I believe that's true, yes. Um, and it was at the Children's Museum on the north side. You were in the wedding and I was officiating, but I think it was one of the first times I ever officiated a wedding. What? Maybe the first. You did a great job, it was a great wedding. It was a great Shout wedding. Shout out to Mark and Bree, by the way. Mark and Bree uh, got married that day. They had asked me and I can't remember, but that's when I learned the whole rigmarole that in Pennsylvania, you can officiate a wedding if the bride and groom get a, what is called a Quaker license or a self-marrying license. Mm. I don't have to be ordained or you know, online and ordained or anything like that. Um, anyone can be the efficient in a wedding if it's uh, based on Quaker tradition. Right. You heard it here first. <laughs> so um, <laughs> since then, I, I, I've probably done 25 weddings, it's, but it, you know, and it's always interesting and fun. Well, who wouldn't want to have you doing their wedding? Well, I mean, that's just, right? For the, for the listeners out there, wouldn't you want to have, you know? <laughs> so now you know that Rick is out there doing weddings. Uh, you're, now you're going to get a, a million more requests. You know that. So, <laughs> um, but I think after that, I think maybe the next time was I was on a podcast with you. Yeah, I believe that's, yeah, yeah. At yeah. your house. Uh, no, no. So actually, if my memory serves correctly, um, I saw you at the podcast for, for Drinking Partners. Oh, okay, and then, Dave Racy and Ed Bailey. Yeah, yeah, because we had spoken, and so uh, we, uh, at, the, at the wedding I had you, uh, I, the, I had the brilliant idea of, I was like, Rick Seebeck's standing right in front of me. I should have him do my voicemail for my phone. <laughs> oh. And so, if you recall, you did a voicemail. Okay. And, uh, and people over the moon love it. Like, they, they, they I, I'm it's not- It's not still there. I, I think I got a different phone. Yeah, but, I think uh, so. I might have to have you do it again. No, but, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but they, they, they'd, they'd call me, and they'd, they'd, if I didn't pick up, they'd say, Oh, I, I had to call back because I thought I got WQED. I, <laughs> wow. So then, okay. Then I then we saw each other at the um, uh, Dave Bracey's uh, in, in the Allentown Eds. at the coffee shop up there. No, 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 no. It was it was the one where you did the one with Fetterman and with um, it was downtown. Oh, that was the hundredth. I think it was yeah. their hundredth yeah. episode of their their podcast, Drinking Partners. Yeah, yeah. And we were uh, talking outside, and I was like, Hey, I do a podcast too. If you ever want to come on, it's like a book club kind of comic thing. You were like, Oh, that sounds like fun. Yes, it was comic books. Yes. That was at your house. Yes. And it, it had a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grown-up human comic people. Yeah. Grown-up human comic people. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I see. But and, Oh, okay. Grown-up. Grown-up human comic people. <laughs> um, does it exist still? No, unfortunately, we, we, we stopped doing it just because it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of work to get five people. I mean, you, we just sat here and, you know, organized two people talking to each other. Having five, you know, just organizing everyone's schedule and all that kind of stuff kind of became a little bit much. So uh, 
we stopped doing it. But it was a lot of fun. I missed doing it. Are they still findable? Can you find them online? I think so. They should be on YouTube for sure. Um, yes, check, check out uh, Grown Up Human Comic People if you want to you know, go and uh, look at the old podcast. Uh, we, yeah, we, we'd sit down, we'd read like several books. And I, uh, the one you were on, we, you know, I said, hey, Rick, here's the book. And then you read it and we sit down and talk about it. It's like a book club. Cool. So can you remember how long ago that was? Is it five years ago? Probably oh, something like that. It might have been more. It might have been six. I don't okay. know. Something like that, yeah. All right. Um, and then I don't think at that time you were doing radical trivia. No, I was. I've been doing that for a long time. Really? So, since probably like 2009 or 10. Oh, so it's been a okay. Very long so time. when I met you, you were oh, yeah. the host of radical trivia. So yeah. you must like this. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky to be able to do this particular job because it's, I mean, I essentially just go out and yell at people on a microphone and, you know, I get to. Uh, express myself and be creative um, and kind of do so little, it's, it's almost a little bit, little bit of crowd work, you know, almost like a, it's not improv comedy, but it's, it's along the same lines, you know, you kind of take what the crowd's giving you and try to make people have a good time. Well, I, it's, it's funny because I, in, in thinking about this uh, and talking to you, um, I know that my aunt Margie passed away, but she used to always say, you should be a game show host. She, she thought that was something <laughs> that I would be good at. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what you are. You're a game show host. Yeah, that's exactly. In fact, that's exactly the wording of the why, how I got into to doing this in the first place. Um, I was on Craigslist of all places. I, I saw an ad. I was just looking at the person. I was just doing stupid whatever normal whatever jobs uh, at the time, and uh, it was it said, "Do you want to be a game show host?" And I said to myself, "What could this possibly be?" And so I answered the ad, and it was actually a national like trivia company. They have like a franchise, and I started working for them. And, uh, you know, it was fun, um, but I realized, like, you know, I'm, I'm in there every week at whatever place it was, whatever the venue is, and people are, you know, having a good time, and more and more people are showing up every week, and after, after the show, they're like, yeah, you, that was great, that was, that was a great job. Um, we had so much fun, and then the bar would, you know, slap a pile of money in my, my hand, and I'd turn around and take, like, you know, maybe two-thirds of that money and give it to somebody else, I'm like, I could be doing my own business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's what happened. Huh. That's interesting. I, 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 don't, I didn't know. Uh, so bars like trivia because it brings people in on slow nights? Is that Correct. it? Correct. That's, that's the whole thing. Interesting. So uh, do you remember the first bar that you did? Well, I, I guess you, but you did them first for another company and then you began your own business. Yeah. So I trained with, with, um, with people at several different locations, like different hosts to, to give them the idea of how they do their show. So the, I want to say the first one might have been Southside Mario's with Arnell. Shout out to Arnell who helped me to learn how to, how to kind of, uh, and also to Adam who um, uh, hired me initially. Uh, Adam and I are great friends. But uh, so I tra started training. I think, I want to say it was Southside Mario's initially. Um, and I, I think they still do that one actually. As a Radical Trivia. No, 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 no. Oh, this was this a different a company. Yeah, this different was the other company. company. Yeah, okay. Radical Trivia, I, I started several years after, maybe like a year and a half or two years after I had been doing it for the other company. Um, and by then, some of these bars knew you and would say, hey, yeah. you said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the way this is set up. I wouldn't say they knew me, but I mean, I was doing like a, it, I was doing my show in a, in a different, sort of a more extreme way than everybody else for like within that company. Because everyone else, they're kind of, they're out there at like a TJ Fridays, you know, like, hey, everybody, it's a family friendly show and stuff. And I'm at a Southside bar, you know, and so I'm like swearing and, you know, <laughs> just telling people they're stupid and all kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just making it more, more not, not necessarily specifically aimed at adults, but it's more casual, more fun. You know, people can yell at me, I yell at them, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was, I think, is why it's, my company's been successful. It's because it's not just like someone sitting at a, you know, a table like, 
And the next question is, that's not, you know. Well, I, 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 I always feel bad because I haven't, I, I think I've seen you perform like two or three times. Um, and it's really fun. And certainly at the end, especially, you, you make the end really uh, extravagant and wonderful and dramatic and all of that. Do you then amass a large quantity of questions that yes. you use over and over again? Or how do you deal with that? How, where do the questions come from? So um, I, I do amass them um, and I try to, I, I, I'm always writing them. Um, so pretty much as I write them, one thing is I try to make them not necessarily like timely because that doesn't always, if I have to use them later, it's not gonna work anymore. You know, so people, like, if it's like a, like a fact that or something that just happened right now, in like three years, no one's gonna remember anything about that. It's like a stupid news article or something like that's not. So no current events? Usually not, unless it's something really big that happened, like, a, you know, some kind of uh, Supreme Court thing or something like that, you know, where it's like, oh, if you don't know this, where have you been kind of thing. Okay. Um, but usually not like, you know, like celebrity stuff or whatever. That's not really helpful. I also try to stay away from, you know, sorry to all the kind of mainstream sports trivia people. like. That's such a niche thing where it's, you can't win if you ask, in my opinion. It's hard to win when you ask sports questions, because especially in this town, right? So you got people who either know everything about sports, and they're like, that's too easy. <laughs> or you have people who are like, I don't know, I don't watch sports. That's me. Same, I mean, same, really, yeah. I mean, I might do sports, but I don't really watch them. Um, so it's, where do you, there's no middle ground there. So that's, I tr if I do sports, it's usually like, we're talking about highlight today, or you know, bungee jumping or something like that. It's not gonna be like, in 1967, this member of the whatever, like, I'm not doing that. So, but do you have like favorite topics? Or you're, I mean, I think, you know, the night I saw you over at OTB, you were doing like movie stuff a lot. Yeah, let's talk first about topics. Okay, okay. Um, I, I think I saw a thing that you had posted recently that said like, French cooking, movies, and love songs, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. every one is a is a variety of questions. Absolutely. Um, and so some of my favorite ones to write are actually the ones where I have to be more creative. So like I'll do one that's not necessarily just a, a category, but it's like a it's like a brain teaser category. So one of the ones I do a lot is um, I'm, I'll call it different things too, like wrong characters or movies by plot or something like that. So for example, um, the clue would be uh, describing a movie, but the characters in the clue are not the ones that are in the movie that we're talking about. They're played by the actors in the movie that we're talking about. So, um, for example, uh, well, off the top of my head, Lex Luthor kills Garfield. So I, I'll just give it to you. So it's so, <laughs> so, the, so, so the answer in this case is Zombieland. Lex Luthor is Jesse Eisenberg. Garfield is Bill Murray. So those are a lot of fun to write. Uh, just to, yeah, yeah, but that, that requires like uh, an IMDb in your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I'll do, you know, other categories, not just movies, but like things like that where it's like, oh, this isn't just like the question. This is, you're going to have to access other information that might or may or may not be in there. And sometimes like a team, they have to assemble the answer together. You know, it's, it's having like four people might be more helpful than like one because somebody else might be like, well, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor, right? And then you might be like, oh, it's Gar, it's, you know, so it's more of like a, collaborative effort. That would, that would have totally lost me. I, <laughs> well, that's why you don't play by yourself. Oh, I see. Yeah, that is usually teams that you have. And like everybody who comes to the bar is on a team already or? Not necessarily. In fact, that's, that's another great little thing that happens. I, one of the things I love so much about the job is that that happens. You know, people, they're like, let me get some friends. We'll come every week. But uh, this happens a lot when I first start a show uh, is that someone just happened to be there. And they're like, just listening. Maybe they're watching TV also and having a drink. 
and they'll be like, oh, I know that. And then they're talking to the person next to them, and they're like, hey, do you want to play? And like, they'll start to talk to each other, and like, then eventually you have a team of four or five people who they didn't know each other before this at all. And now you have like a group of friends who are just like meta trivia and they come every week and it's fun. Yes, no, actually uh, over there at OTB when I saw you, I remember I, I knew one answer and I gave it to the people that were sitting right in front of me. I said, hey, I know they have that answer. That's fresh every week? Yeah, usually. Um, I, I, I write a lot of questions. Um, I don't write like a whole game at once because there's like 26 questions in a game. Oh, that's cool. 26 questions. Yeah. Um, I'll usually write like one category and I'll take a break and do something else or, you know. Um, and then... When, in, in a week, you're at different bars, mm -hmm. and I think you're still online one night. Yep, Tuesdays. Tuesdays, Tuesdays nights online. Yeah. Do you use the same questions at those bars that week, or oh, is there no. overlap? No, 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 no. If, Every, if I, everyone is different? Yeah, I, I mean, I've written more than a thousand games, so um, I can, you know, kind of, if I've, if I, maybe, maybe I used this one recently, then I'll, you know, I won't use it again for a long time, and I, I save them on my, my computers so I know when each individual one was used. So I can just look back and be like, oh, I used that one down the street like two weeks ago. I'm not going to use that one. You know? But one that's two years old, can you use it again? Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do some, I'll scan it over first to make sure that all the questions are still accurate. Okay. You know? and every once in a blue moon, I might use an old show and I get like halfway through and I'm, I, you know, there's, I'm multitasking, so I'm doing a million things. You've seen right, what I'm right. doing. And so I'll, I'll get to, I'll, I'll read the next question. I'll be like, oh, I should have changed that one. And I have to, on the fly, you know, conjure something new or change a detail or whatever. I know that when people ask me to talk, I will often say to them, can I just ask trivia questions? <laughs> because I think it's better and it engages the audience in a way that me standing up there talking uh, doesn't work. Sure. So I have also written questions and I think, you know, because everybody has a phone, I, what do you do about that? You're not allowed to use your phone. Well, so at the beginning of the show, I, I immediately shame people. <laughs> so, so, one of, so one of the things that I say at the beginning of the show is um, no cheating. I shouldn't even have to say that, first of all. Why would that be fun for you? Secondly, um, maybe if you're out with other people, you should put your phone away and quit being a piece of garbage. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and every time, as soon as I say something, and I, I use more colorful language than that, but um, <laughs> every time I say that, there's always somebody who's just like, all, at the moment on their phone, they're just like, they just kind of look around and put it down. <laughs> um, no, but I, I found out that it was better to ask uh, like sequential questions. Which of these is biggest? Mm. You know, put them in order. Yeah. Or like, uh, which of these happened first? Sure, sure. Um, and you must end up with favorite questions. Sometimes. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, but the, the style of the questions, like you just said, that's, that is important. Um, like a, a multiple choice is always great. Um, or one of the ways I design questions is actually, it's sort of, I think of it as like a triangulation, where if I have three facts that all point to each other and don't point to anything else, then that's a good question, right? Because then I can say, for example, if I want, I could change the question, right? So like maybe I give you this, these two facts and they both point to the third one, and that's the answer. I could then, if I wanted to change the question, I could just rotate the facts and then you know, switch the positions of them and have a sort of a different question, but it's all the three of the same information, you know? Okay. And, and it also kind of makes it so that someone can't be like, well, it could also be this. Because people, I'm, as I'm sure you can imagine, all the time, they're like, actually, when I'm not, yeah, we're not arguing about this free trivia that we're... What about on. the age of your audience? It, must, it, it has to have a, be a factor. Absolutely. And like, how do you judge that? Or you know it in advance because I'm going to this bar and these people are going to be younger. Then if I go to this bar in Carnegie, it's going to be older crowd or? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, sometimes that's a matter of what happens when I get there. 
you know, I don't even necessarily know what the crowd is going to be even at a bar that I go to all the time. Because sometimes it'll be an older crowd. Sometimes it'll be a younger crowd. So you never know. Um, I try to write the questions so that they're like, you know. Because by your age, you know different songs and you know different absolutely. movies and you know all of that. Um, and that's the thing that I find with some of this stuff. I think like, I don't know anything about this and I never even saw that movie. Yeah. So some, some, so I think part of, part of it is like thinking about the enjoyment of the crowd rather than necessarily them getting all the questions right or wrong. You know, because that's really the, the goal is to have people have fun. And so even if the question might, say it's an older crowd and like it's a, it's a, I, there's a question that I don't think there, any of them are going to know, I might just joke about it and be like, I'm not sure if anybody's going to get this. And if, if you do, I'm going to be very impressed. You know, so like even if they don't, none of them, nobody gets it. I, I warned them and said like, you're not going to get this one. You know, so, so they're still having a good time. And they're still like, well, he, told, he, he said we weren't going to get it. That he was right, you know. And so at the... At the end of the evening, I, I remember your sort of like uh, tribute at the end where you do, I, I think the night I saw you, you were quoting Braveheart. At least a while. And die in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade every day from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our drinks, but they may never take our trivia. Is it always Braveheart, or are there other things? Or there are others, yeah. There, I have uh, several of them, but I try to take you know speeches or things from movies and stuff that people know, and then uh, just alter them to apply to trivia. trivia. Yeah. Um, so you got Braveheart, you got Lord of the Rings, Independence Day, uh, Conan, uh, things like that. Okay, and like, well, what what do the people win? What, you know, what does the team win? Just the bragging rights? Well, it uh, depends on what, what what the venue is. You know, each venue uh, kind of gives out their own prizes. Um, oh, okay. So I usually recommend for the venue to give out um, gift certificates for the venue because then you know people they come back and they they're gonna come back next week anyway, right? And, so, and you can actually most places will make it so that you can't use it that night. You have to use it at least the next day. So it's like you you got this prize, you gotta come back. Okay. And people don't mind because you know they had fun. They're gonna come back next week anyway, so they might as well get two or three free drinks or a appetizer or something. Excellent. I don't know that I was even aware of that and. You have people write things down and then turn them in. Yes. After each... Uh, every question. Every question. Yeah. Okay, and then so you keep a tally on your computer as you go along. Yeah. Um, and there's also an element of music. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between each question to kind of like fill in the, the dead air, we play, I play a song every, every time. Um, and that's a lot of fun too. You know, I, I, to keep myself interested, because I've done this a lot of times and I... Unless there's a lot of people playing, if there's only say four or five teams, and I'm just like kind of standing there, you know, waiting for people to answer. But you have to give them time to think about it too. Right. Yeah. So I usually give them two, two and a half minutes, something like that, and then I'll play a song during that uh, time. And, it, and again, it's fun for me because I get to be creative of what songs I play, and I can make the song either have to do with the question, or maybe it's a hint, or I mean, it's uh, sometimes absolutely a trick, um, and that's my favorite thing to do. And once, so and then the game becomes like a meta game. So. When people first sit down, they, don't, they may not realize who I am and why, what I'm doing, but they're not just playing a game. Like, I'm also messing with them. So I'm sort of like a, I think that I've been described as like a supervillain, where it's like they're, trying, they're not just trying to win against the other teams. Like, they're trying to beat me in the mind games that I'm playing with them. So I might play this song to intentionally mislead people down this path, and then I get everybody, almost everybody, maybe except for one or two teams, and then I just laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> And then they go, oh, we hate you. And, and it's kind of extra. Um, 
And so that supervillain thing, uh, you, you've got your glasses here. When, oh, yeah. when you do promos uh, on Facebook and Instagram, or I don't know where else you, are, are you on TikTok? No, TikTok is evil. I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> jump down that, uh, that rabbit hole. That's not, I mean, get off TikTok everybody, it's making you dumber. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's actually, so the reason why I wear these uh, is actually because um, when I'm doing stuff at home and I have to have light, lighting like this, like I don't have nice soft lights like this, so a lot of the lights are like, you know, really bright especially at Trivia Online. So like this actually, because for Trivia Online, I have to look at like several computers while also having these lights. So it's much easier for me to see the screens with, and they did deflect the light from the, the lighting I have to use at home. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just being a jerk by, you know, trying to wear yeah, some stylish glasses. Yeah, but it gives glasses. you like a robotic look almost. Oh yeah, people love the glasses, yeah. And where'd you get them? Um, so this is not my original pair. My original pair, I was at, shout out to Dan, I, I was at, uh, in California with my buddy Dan, and we were on Venice Beach. And we were just walking and saw a stand with glasses and I, they had a bunch of cool ones and they had, the, they had a pair of these. And so I just, I was like, I got it. They're like 10 bucks, yeah. And so, the, the, I mean, I love the little promos that you do online. Um, are they principally on Facebook or Facebook and Instagram? Both? I usually say, uh, upload it to Instagram and then it, it shares it over to Facebook. Okay, and um, a lot of them are black and white. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some are color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just different filters. Just a, yeah. a whim. Yeah, just yeah, whatever I feel like that day. You know, depending on what the background is, what I look like. And, and that's mostly just to say, hey, I'm going to be here tonight. Yeah. And, you know, come by. Uh, you always mention the fries at OTV, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got some good fries there. And so, like, <laughs> the other places, like Ruggers, mm -hmm. other things that you promote there? What do you get at Ruggers? Oh, so uh, one of my favorite things to say for Ruggers is, because, uh, um, shout out to everybody at, Lug at uh, Ruggers. Um, so they have a... It's a secret menu item. It's not really a secret, but I mean, it's, it's just sort of like a, a staff designed item. It's not on the menu. Um, I won't, I'm, you know, I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. You're gonna have to go there and, and ask for it. All right. Go there and ask for ask it. Ask for the secret recipe. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The secret it, menu item. Yeah, and they might pretend like they don't know what you're talking about, but they know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those are two that I know, OTB and Ruggers, and uh, I'm not sure what it is. Ruggers is on the south side. Yes. They're both, both those are on the south side. And then I, I personally do uh, Carnegie, uh, it's called Ellie's out in, in Carnegie. Um, it's on Mondays at 10. Um, and then we have a lot of, uh, I have people who uh, also host uh, in for me too. So we have a bunch of locations around the city. Radicaltrivia.com has all the um, So Right, you have employees who do what you do. Yes. Do they write their own questions? Um, sometimes, I mean, I, I supply them with the question. And then if like, they can call the same audibles as me. So if, if they, you know, I send them the questions and then they sit down at home and they're like, oh, I don't know if this will work for this crowd, then they can change them. I, I, I'm not a micromanager. I don't, I don't think that's helpful in most scenarios. So as long as everyone's happy and the job is getting done. And, I, and, and those people, do they play music as well? Yeah. In the yeah, same, yeah. same way. So you're, you're kind of a DJ and a game show host. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And then also, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your martial arts, because that's obviously very important to you. Absolutely. How did that start? I mean... So I've been in martial arts, like, mm, sort of my whole life. Not, not, not deep, though. Uh, I would kind of casually take, like, a, when I was a kid, like, some karate classes, um, uh, some other, like, various uh, things I was interested in. But then, uh, I, so my friend Dan, I mentioned earlier, um, you know Dan. Yeah, Dan Donjilly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, he and I were we, we met uh, doing actually what's called Budo Taijutsu, or it's for, for the for the, the organization is called the Bujin Khan. It's uh, like basically it's ninjutsu. It's like people trying to be ninjas. Sort okay. Of. 
Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm not either. Um, but uh, so we started. To, we did that for, for a little while, and that's more of a traditional martial art where you're learning kind of. I, I jokingly some call this sort of thing like LARPing, like a live action role playing, okay. where uh, you know somebody will they'll they'll do like a theoretical motion. They'll like if, I, if someone punches you like this, then you do like this sequence of things. But there's very little like live uh, resistance okay. training. Um, so years went by. We stopped doing that, and then we were at some. I think it, it might have been his, his parents' house. We were like on a trampoline, and like some of our friends were like just wrestling around on a trampoline, and he was just like smoking all of us, like just. Like, I felt like a child, like I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, what? And he had been doing jujitsu, and he had only been doing it for maybe a few months. And so I was like, well, I can't. I need to learn whatever it is that he's doing to me, because I can't have other adults <laughs> being able to handle me like this. You know, I, I, I won't have that. So I started training jujitsu, and yeah, if you want to learn how to handle other adults in a physical way, that's the way to do it. Uh, the things that I've watched that you post, uh, it seems to start sort of mildly mm -hmm. and gets more intense. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can grapple in any number of different kind of ways, like styles. Um, so for me, jujitsu means efficiency. And uh, I think that ev everyone can understand with enough practice how it works because it's all a physics equation. It's not, um, in fact, if you're using like muscular strength, that's not what you want. That's really not what you want at all. What you want is you want to know all the different places you can um, kind of either attack or stop somebody before they get started so that it, to them it feels like everything they do is the wrong thing. It's very interesting. Um, it's, it, it, to someone who doesn't know what they're doing against someone who really knows what they're doing, it feels like you're drowning. Like, like there's not, no good move that you can make that's not putting you in a worse position than you just were in. Well, and, and, and you teach this too. Yes, yes. Uh, to younger kids, to adults? I teach adults. Um, I haven't taught any. Uh, the youngest person I taught was my neighbor who, uh, he, he started when he was 16. So, I mean, that's the youngest person I've, um, shout out to Jeff, um, but is that the youngest person I've, I've taught? Um, usually adults. Okay, yeah, I, I think one time we were having uh, lunch at Oak Hill Post in Brookline, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a guy came by and he, and he knew you from yeah. uh, martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, always jujitsu? Usually, yeah, 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 because I've been doing that for several years now. Okay, and, and so that's a specific one, and sometimes you do these with uh, a coach, Coach Mike? Is Mike, that right? oh, yeah, shout out to the general, Mike Wilkins. Um, so Mike and I actually went to, to high school together. And, and, well, we, we've actually known each other since, like, like coach pitch baseball. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. And uh, we, were, we were never, like, in the same kind of close friends group, but, like, we were, like, in kind of side-by-side -side friend, group, friend groups in the same neighborhood. So when I first went down to Stout, I'm looking around, I'm like, I, who is that? And then he comes up, he's like, dude. I'm like, oh man. And so uh, that was cool because he was already, I think a, a brown belt at the time and he got his black belt soon afterwards. So it, I was very fortunate to know somebody who um, was kind of farther ahead and was willing to like personally train me. Oh, see, so, so he actually is your coach. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah like he and I get together, we try, we've been getting together once a week, if we can, uh, for years now. Um, so shout out to Mike. He's been giving me a lot of jujitsu. Uh, Excellent. So, and, and now, uh, and this fascinates me, um, just because I'm sort of interested in like how this got started, but y you've also developed a clothing line <laughs> that sort of capitalizes on both the trivia and the martial arts. Yes. Um, so during the pandemic, I actually started doing that because I mean, I couldn't really go out and do as many trivia shows. So I, I actually, I started doing two on Zoom every week, like Tuesday and Thursday. And I still do the Tuesday one. 
Um, but yeah, I, I found um, one of the websites where you can d upload designs okay. and uh, just they'll put them on clothing and print them out and you know, you got all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, and, and like they're, they're totally uh, one of a kind. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one else has a Jared shirt, do they? Not that I'm not aware of, unless they stole one from me. And, and this symbol, is this your design? Or I think it, it has something to do with uh, uh, support martial arts or something like that. So, so this design is, 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 is a funny story. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting story. Um, so first of all, shout out to um, Alexa Miller who designed the, the font. Um, uh, but the, the, the logo itself, um, so this is the Yinzu Force logo. I'll give you the breakdown. Okay, so. <laughs> This is sort of an... You're going to tell me what Yinzu Force is. Right. I'll tell you sort of in a roundabout way. So, is this um, Yinz from Pittsburgh? Yinzu yes. Force. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the, the team of the gym is, is Henzo Gracie. It's R-E-N-Z-O. Henzo in Portuguese, R's or H's. So Henzo Gracie is the team. The logo, if you know what the Henzo Gracie logo looks like, it's, um, it looks like the Thundercats logo, if you remember what Thundercats is. It's like an anime from Japan from the 80s or 70s. <laughs> Um, and so uh, it looks like the Thundercats logo. And so I was like, okay, if I'm gonna make my own logo, I'll take another anime logo. And so this isn't exactly the logo because it's not exactly the Thundercats logo. This is a very, clo very close to something from Dragon Ball Z, which if you know Dragon Ball Z, um, there's, a, there's a group called the Ginyu Force. And so this, their logo is it's more of a, an equilateral triangle with the circle surrounding it. So I took the triangle and made it, elongated it and shrunk the Maybe made it into an oval behind it, um, and called it Yinzu Force because we're in Pittsburgh, so yeah, Yin's got to come down here and train. Uh, so that's where the logo came from. Okay, and so and then you offered those things on your website, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, I think Radical Trivia uh, website has all uh, an access to. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to remember what you call your sh your store. Oh, it's, it's the Radical Store. Oh, the radical store. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, yeah in fact, in fact, we, I've we've, I've printed out several custom things for the two of us. So. Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and and I didn't realize that's actually your exclusive font because I recognize it now. I was like, oh, that's one of the Jared's things. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, uh, I have one that says uh, "Always get the special," which I always say is the best advice my father ever gave me. And that's the best advice I've ever gotten about food from anybody <laughs> else. This guy right here. Always get the special. Always get the special. Um, <laughs> Uh, and my dad said, you know, because he, he was a traveling salesman. I mean, he traveled around and he sold well, he, uh, pipes, valves, and fittings. So it was industrial kind of stuff. But he said, you know, lunchtime you go into a little restaurant, you got to go get the special. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a special, but it's probably the freshest, best thing they got. Yep. Where does this all go? Do you want to be on TV? Or <laughs> I, 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 like, I'm, I'm trying to decide, like, you know, what's, what's Jared's dream? Do these things stay separate, and or do they combine, or you know, do you, do you have any idea about all that? Like, so, so I, I, it's it's like I'm I'm you know, interviewing you for a job, and I say, <laughs> well, where do you see yourself in five years? So my, my philosophy is more like this, right? So um, uh, I watched I watched two movies when I was a teenager that really really hit me in a in a special way. All right. One was Office Space, and the other one was The Big Lebowski. Okay. So Office Space for the reasons that, so my, my, my dad, Ken, worked at Mellon Bank downtown for years and years and years. And it was just like wearing on him. He hated the job. It's stressful. He dread to go to work every day. You know, just like, it, it, it affected his health, actually. And so, like, uh, I saw that movie. And like, he, I also, I was like, you got to watch this movie. And so he watched, he's like, this is my favorite movie ever. Because it's, it's, he was actually doing that exact job of like, trying to turn over the, the new millennium computers. 
like the job that they're doing in the movie is actually sort of what he was doing. Okay. So that really struck home. But what Peter, in the, the main character in the movie, says is, uh, I don't, have you seen Office of Okay, so long story short, he gets hypnotized so he doesn't care about anything. And he starts going to work. And re before he was real stressed out and he, he didn't, same thing, didn't want to go to work. But he gets hypnotized. And then he's just like kind of like super chill. Uh, and he's, he, he, it's impossible to unhypnotize him because the hypnotist had a heart attack or something. So he's like just kind of coasting through life, just like, you know, cruising. And everything actually ends up working out a lot better for him because he's just relaxed. And so he ends up, <laughs> he gets like a promotion even though he hasn't even been showing up at work because <laughs> he's just the cooler guy to talk to, right? Like the, the guys who are doing the promotion or doing the uh, evaluations, he just sits down and like talks to them for a while. They're like, man, we really like that guy. It has nothing to do with his actual work. Which is a great life lesson, right? Because um, right. all, all he had to do was like, get these two guys to like him, and they were like, "Hey, all right, Peter, have a great day. You know, let's have, you know, we'll see you next time." Now you often hear that you you hire people that you like. Yeah, of course, and and, and so uh, that lesson, and then the Big Lebowski. I mean, the dude, right? How do you? You can't be cooler than the dude, right? And and the the whole reason why the Big Lebowski, the whole impetus for his the the movie and him going through a bunch of wild stuff is that all he had to do was just like wash the rug. You know, like they, he got the rug peed on, you know, and, then, and, and, and because he listened to some bad advice from his friend Walter, saying like, they peed on your rug, man, that's not right. This can't stand. The dude, without Walter's intervention, the dude would have been, would have been like, well, I guess I'll get a new rug. And nothing would have happened, right? And he would have cruised along just fine. But whenever you like let other people just like, you know, chirp in your ear sometimes, you end up in some kind of wild adventure that you wouldn't have had anything to do with otherwise. So okay. like, those two lessons kind of like really hit me. And so I think they developed a philosophy for me where it's like, I just kind of want to take it easy. And I feel like that, like being relaxed actually allows you to be yourself more. And if you're just trying to have fun, to answer your question, there's no goal. I just do these things because I like them. And when you like to do things, I think actually you're a great example. Being enthusiastic about things and liking things, that'll get you everywhere in the world. You know, like, like just being interested and listening right. and, and relaxed and, you know, friendly and stuff. Like, that's the, that's the way to be, in my opinion. And so, um, yeah, there's no, I'm not trying to be famous or anything like that. It's like, no, I, I like doing martial arts. I like teaching people. And uh, I like to go out and yell at people on a microphone and be creative, write questions. It's fun, you know. And if it, I think it's because it's fun, I enjoy it and I keep doing it. And I, and I end up t wanting to work harder at it because it's fun. And then I do better at it because I'm working harder. And then it all kind of like works itself out. Well, I, I'm totally happy. And, and as always, I learn things when I talk with Jared. And um, what I want to say is thank you for, for, for doing the gum bands with me. Of course. Um, I have a couple questions I always ask. In all these things that you do, both martial arts and trivia, do you use a rubber band? Do I use rubber bands? Um, I do. I do use rubber bands. I use them to, uh, so the little cards that, um, that people turn the answers in. When I cut them up, I use the rubber bands to, I, I use gum bands to hold them together. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's probably my, that's probably my most frequent use of, of gum bands. I'm sorry, people turn in their answers and then you put them? No, no, once I cut them, like before I distribute them, like, you know, so I'll give each person like a stack of little oh, okay. answer slips, but in, in the little box I have in my bag, I just like, I have them. With rubber bands? With rubber bands, yeah. And you hand those out to yes. the people so they yeah, have something yeah. to write on. Yes. Um, and. Do you remember, like, as a kid learning about gum bands and Pittsburghies and all of that? I mean... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, in fact, I, I want to say in, like, seventh grade, uh, we had, maybe I say, I don't know, some 
junior high school ex experience, we'd like someone brought in like a book or the teacher did like a whole class about all the Yinzer words and you know uh, we had printouts of like the definitions for those words like read up, which is I feel like that's one that I actually just I heard it in the wild the other day. Someone actually said it, not joking. They right. said, I'd, yeah, to go right up my house. Read up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, wh who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> no, I, 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 I know my mom said that. Yeah. You know, um, and actually, I always say that the one Pittsburghism that I uh, sort of like and wasn't aware of, I, I grew up in Bethel Park, I lived in the Carolinas for 16 years, then I come back here, and I was writing something here at WQED, and my boss at that point, Nancy Lavin, uh, looked at this thing I'd written. She goes, well, oh, this Pittsburghism here. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you dropped the verb to be out of, you know, oh, yep, yep, yep. this needs done. Yep. And I, I, you know, I wasn't at all aware that we did that, but Pittsburgh's, Pittsburghers like to drop to be. Oh, I um, have this exact same story. In fact, it might have been in that, in that class I just mentioned where they were like, oh yeah, and also we never say to be. And I, like, it's one, <laughs> like those moments where you're like, it's so much more efficient to not say it's it. It's easier not to say it. Well, you don't, it's not necessary. <laughs> um, or you have to put the ing on the end of the word. It needs doing. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Or, or um, if, it's, if it's a store, it's, a, it's, it's the possessive version of the store with apostrophe S. Aldi's, Giant Eagles, uh, going down Costco's. Okay, yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, and the other questions, uh, things that I like to ask people, um, why do you live in Pittsburgh? Why do I live in Pittsburgh? Um, well, I'm probably biased since I'm from here, but also I've, I've, um, I've visited, I like to travel. You know, I've been to a lot of places and um, this place always, it's just really great to come back to Pittsburgh for so many reasons. Like it's not that expensive um, compared to other similar, similarly sized cities, I think. Um, it's uh, really, the, I really love the people here. Um, I was just reading something in there and they described us as, uh, it was like aggressively friendly. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Um, it, it, like with a bit of Northeast and Midwest like combined because it, um, like, you know, Northeast people are, uh, I've heard them called like, uh, they're, they're mean, but in a, in a, they're, they're nice, but in a mean way. <laughs> and then people in the Midwest are nice in a mean way. Uh, okay. <laughs> but we're the, we're both like, we, we are, we're we are, we're somewhere in the middle. We're somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone else, say you're in, uh, you know, northeast somewhere. Like some, if you your car breaks down, someone they'll definitely stop to help you fix it. But they'll call you an idiot for, you know, <laughs> or like point out a bunch of stuff that you did wrong. But then, you know, so, or even southern, like southern, they'll be like, oh bless your heart. They're not going to help you. <laughs> They're going to be real nice about not helping you. <laughs> but we're nice and aggressive, and we'll also help you. Okay, that's that weird texture of Pittsburgh, and, and the whole, you know, we don't consider ourselves Midwestern. But we think Cleveland is Midwest. Absolutely. And it's like 10 miles west of us. You know, <laughs> north, it's north and west. But um, I think we identify more as Eastern. We have hills too. I think that's a big, that's a big to, to me, differentiating aspect of that. You know, like when I think Midwest, I think flat. Right, okay. No, and, and actually, I think topography probably has more of an influence on us than we think. And, you know, yeah, when you get in the Midwest, you think like, you know, how do they remember where to turn? <laughs> So that's, I, that's my, my complaint every single time is whenever I go somewhere east of here where it's flat, someone will say like, okay, you're going to go north for this many miles. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Do I look like a compass? How do, you, how do I know which, like, it's not nighttime. I don't know where, I can't see the sun right now. How do you, yeah, that doesn't, tell me where to turn. Tell me, in fact, even better, tell me what that building used to be. <laughs> As you tell yes, me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> turn to the old Isleys. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and <laughs> but my third question, and I always preface it by saying that, you know, it's, it's based on the fact that I know that my great-grandmother uh, in the late 19th century, her sister had saved the money to come to America, and my great-grandmother stole her sister's money and came. <laughs> okay? And like, I, I think we all have these unexpected family stories, ancestral stories. Yeah. Do you know anything like that in your family? Like a story that, it's not so, it's not terrible, um, but something that might surprise us about your family and their history. I probably should have prepped you for a little bit. No, I think you did mention uh, this one. I, I did. For, I forgot about this question. No, um, I, so maybe not like so that I didn't know, but like um, some interesting uh, things maybe. Uh, so uh, my dad actually uh, trained with Muhammad Ali as a boxer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And would that have been here in Pittsburgh? No. Um, I think he went, he went from here when he was in Deer Lakes. I want to say he was training in Deer Lakes, and so he went up and trained with him. There's a picture on the internet you can find. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of your like, dad and mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali yeah, training. If you, if you look up Bazemore, B-A-Z-E-M-O-R-E, um, Muhammad Ali, it'll, there's a picture of them standing there looking at each other like that. It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. unexpected. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think every family, and certainly, you know, in Pittsburgh here, there's this weird texture. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, very good. I'm, I'm totally happy, and I thank you for all of this. And well, I brought you some things, I, too. I, we, I know we, you have things in the bag, too, and I, I think we'll look at those as we wrap up. Okay. Yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah so I, I brought, um, let's see here, this, I, this should be the right. You know, these chats can go on forever, but we try to keep them at a somewhat reasonable length. Thanks for listening today. Obviously, thanks to Jared Evans for lots of inside information. And we hope you'll look for another episode of Gum Bands right now or sometime soon. Thanks to Rich Capaldi, Ash Warren, and Frank Caloyero, who recorded this at WQED in March of 2023. You could say we're held together by gum bands. This Gum Bands podcast is made possible by the Buell Foundation, serving southwestern Pennsylvania since 1927, and by listeners like you. Thank you. Thank you.